In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Last Thursday was February the 22nd, and it marked the 81st anniversary of the death of Sophie Scholl. Sophie was a young university student who, with a small group of friends, resisted the Nazi government by printing and distributing pamphlets across Munich that called on Germans to resist the Nazis. And when they were distributing their fifth pamphlet at the university, an employee saw them and they were immediately arrested and subsequently interrogated for four days. And Sophie, in her interrogation, said, somebody, after all, had to make a start. Somebody had to make a start. What we wrote and said is also believed by many others. They just don't dare express themselves as we did. Sophie made a start, even when no one else would speak. And her interrogator later wrote, until the bitter end, Sophie and Hans, Hans was her brother, managed a bearing that must be called unique. Both said their activities had only one purpose, preventing an even greater calamity from overtaking Germany, and if possible, helping to save the lives of hundreds of thousands. They were convinced their sacrifice was not in vain. Reportedly, the whole prison and their interrogators were shaken and deeply impressed by the courage and the deep faith in God that Hans and Sophie expressed even in the face of death. They bore themselves with marvelous bravery, one guard recalled. After the four days, they were condemned in the morning, and by 5 p.m. that afternoon, Sophie and her brother were executed by guillotine. Sophie's last words were, God, you are my refuge into eternity. Sophie Scholl was a devout Christian, a Lutheran who placed her deepest trust in the cross. She placed her trust in Jesus's redemptive love. She'd heard Jesus' call that we heard in today's gospel and accepted the invitation, whoever wants to become my follower, let her deny herself, pick up her cross, and follow me. In her own words, Sophie said, how can we expect fate to let a righteous cause prevail when there is hardly anyone who will give himself up undividedly to a righteous cause? I share this story not only because it's the 81st anniversary of Sophie's death, but because I believe that we have to keep stories like this alive. Stories that remind us that being a disciple of Jesus is about our whole life, not just a small little section of it called the religious or the spiritual. Being a disciple of Jesus is about our whole life. What's going on in our souls? what's going on in the life of the world. It comes with the call for us to kneel in prayer, as we'll do this morning, and a call to stand in solidarity with the oppressed and the forgotten. As another Lutheran 
who prophetically stood against Nazi oppression reminds us there is no such thing as cheap grace. Do you remember who told us that? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, another Lutheran. The grace of Jesus Christ changes the way we live. It changes the kind of people that we're becoming. His grace changes the focus of our cares and our occupations. What we pay attention to changes because of him. Now let's face it, when Jesus began teaching his disciples that he must undergo great suffering and be killed, that's how our gospel started today. Jesus began to tell his friends, I have to go through a great deal of suffering and be killed. Well, I would have been just like Peter, who took Jesus aside for a moment to make sure that he wasn't running a fever or just having a bad day. I want to remind Jesus that he said that he came so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Remember when you turned that water into wine at the wedding feast? That was fun. That time when we sat around the table and we laughed. Why talk of this great suffering and sacrifice? A colleague of mine tells this story of a church that he attended when he'd come home from breaks uh, in college. The church had one of those grassy lawns in the front. You know how, how churches are outside of New York City, uh, where you have some sign that you have to come up with clever language, which usually doesn't do us any good, and, uh, and, the, and the grass lawn. So there's a, a wooden cross, and the base of it uh, had rotted out, and the cross had fallen over. So when my friend uh, saw this, he asked the pastor when they were going to put the cross back up. Well, the pastor responded, we're not going to do that. The cross is such a negative image. We'll find something more positive to focus on instead. But here's the deal. We don't get to something more positive, say Easter day. We don't get there without Good Friday, without the cross. Because the abundant life that Jesus ushers in, that water into wine kind of life, the breaking of bread and the laughter around the table, that life, abundant, the life of the kingdom, it goes head to head with the destructive power of evil. With all of the powerful forces at work in the world and in our own souls, all of those forces that would corrupt and destroy God's good creation. The cross is necessary because it's the place where human suffering, our suffering and evil collide head on with God's passionate desire to bring healing and justice to our beautiful and broken world. Nailed to the cross, Jesus becomes the center of human history. The cross is where we see the surprising victory of God over all the forces of evil. And that's why the moment of Jesus' greatest glory is precisely the moment when the Roman soldiers lift his body off the ground on the cross. As we say when we walk these beautiful stations of the cross that are in our church this Lent, as we make our way station to station, we say, we adore you, O Christ, 
and we bless you because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. Now to be clear, without Easter, without something more positive, the cross would be nothing but a sad ending to a beautiful story. With Easter, we behold on the wood of the cross the salvation of the world. Because of Easter, Jesus' sacrifice is not in vain. Because of the cross and Easter, Sophie Scholl's sacrifice was not in vain. Our faith, like Sophie's, is about trust, growing in our capacity to trust that this kind of love, this crucified, sacrificial love, is at the heart, the beating heart of all reality. Trust that the cross stands at the center of history. Because without trusting in that, we can't answer Jesus' call to take up our cross and follow him. We have to believe and discover that this way of love is the meaning of life. It is truth, and it is the way to true happiness. So friends, in this holy season of the church year, when we focus our attention on the cross, when we dare to look through it at all the evil in the world and the evil at work in our own hearts, when we confess that we've gone astray, we acknowledge how we failed to believe with the evidence of our lives that the way of the cross is the way of life. This Lent, like Sophie, we can make a start. Make a start. Look to the cross. Take up the cross, trusting that Jesus and him crucified is our refuge now and into eternity with our attention fixed on Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of our lives will not be in vain. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.